0: Hi, everyone. This is Keith Ryan, the legislature columnist at the Edmonton Journal and host of the Press Gallery interview. We've been getting a lot of great support for the podcast, and please keep it up. You can subscribe on Apple, on Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating as well. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the upcoming episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Press Gallery Interview, our midweek edition of our Edmonton Journal podcast, uh, featuring uh, an interview with someone from the political scene. Today, we have someone from the federal political scene. That is Matt Jenneru, our MP for Edmonton Riverbend. Welcome. Thanks yeah, for coming by. Nice
1: to be here. Thanks for the invite.
0: Matt, you are the uh, shadow minister for infrastructure, in case people didn't know that. Uh, how long have you had that position?
1: It uh, would have been since September of, uh, of last year. So it's just, uh, uh, what, I guess been about six months uh, now? Six months now, okay. Before that was uh, uh, science and innovation
0: okay so on that particular file infrastructure uh, usually that tends to be a, a good news portfolio for the government in charge it's a um, usually the minister goes around making announcements fun, uh, funding for this funding for that um, but I'm sure you found some areas to criticize what uh, what have been sort of your main lines of attack oh
1: that we have Keith um, <laughs> you know, yeah it's you know how, how do you criticize when when you know a community has been uh, asking for a, a bridge or a rec center for years and years how do you how do you criticize that right Right. Uh, but, you know, it's also uh, looking at what. But- how they're spending the money. So, you know, this particular government, uh, Justin Trudeau, has decided that uh, Canada Infrastructure Bank is a is a big piece of, of his infrastructure plan, which in theory looks good. It's private investment into infrastructure, but this was announced back in 2015. We're now in, in 2019, and we've only seen one project uh, uh, funnel through this. And this is actually a project that was announced under normal infrastructure spending, but in, in 2017, but then at the beginning of uh, uh in, in September of, of 2018, they reannounced the project as, as governments uh, like to do, I guess, right. and say this is now an infrastructure bank uh, project. So we've been quite critical on the uh, the amount of money being spent uh, in the infrastructure bank and how much of that uh, uh, money could be spent in in communities, in particular rural communities. We're, we're not seeing a lot of uh, of support uh, uh, through this particular government in the rural communities.
0: Right. Okay. Well. The kind of the big uh, thing around here right now is uh, the, the upcoming provincial election. Um, you're you're obviously from the federal scene, but I assume, I, I think I'm not going out on a limb here to say that you are going to be supporting Jason Kenney and, and the United Conservative Party in that campaign to come. Are you actually going to be out campaigning and, and door knocking and, and helping in that regard?
1: Yeah, uh, so you know, a previous life, I, I had some uh, provincial experience. So you know, certainly have have passions of things that would like to to do and and accomplish uh, uh, provincially. And you know, I've had uh, a chance to sit down with uh, with Jason on a numerous occasions and and really uh, start. Continue to highlight some of those things that I think uh, are important to Edmonton in particular. So, I've taken a a bit of a leadership role here in Edmonton to make sure that uh, that those things are are championed. So, was was out door knocking just last night uh, to to uh, uh, try to get one of our our candidates in uh, in my uh, in my riding uh, elected. Because you know at at the end of the day, I I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons why there's uh, there's a needed change in uh, the provincial scene. And you know, Jason brings uh, brings with him a lot of ideas, and I think it's, uh, it's. important to all of us in Edmonton to help uh, to continue to highlight some of the things that are important here in Edmonton. So make sure that we're uh, adequately reflected in, in not only uh, uh, the caucus, but uh, hopefully the future cabinet as well. This is
0: also a, a federal election year. As you're well aware, uh, October is, uh, I think, when the prime minister has said that the the election will be held. There was also a cabinet shovel recently, um, just uh, just uh, the other day, in fact. And uh, Amarjit Sohi, who it was rumored, was going to be potentially moved out of the natural resources portfolio uh, some concern about how that has gone he did not he stays in that portfolio uh, you were I think friendly with with Amarjit Sohi at one point um, what would you what would you say now how would you grade the performance of, of the minister from Edmonton
1: yeah um, that's a good way of putting it uh, Keith um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I have I have a lot of time for for Amarjeet. Uh, You know, we we spent a lot of time when he was a, a councillor and I was an MLA uh, representing South Edmonton. And there's certainly things that uh, that I I uh, supported that he supported. Uh, however, you know, I guess uh, uh, some people change when they go uh, go uh, to federal politics. Um, we started off uh, relatively friendly, but I've found there's certainly been times where I have vehemently disagreed with the direction that he's taking. Uh, uh, this uh, this government, and you know, I, I, it's important to remember when when thinking about Amarjeet that from day one, Amarjeet Sohi was in this uh, Justin Trudeau cabinet. Uh, all the decisions made from from certain things, from from tanker moratoriums on the west coast to to carbon tax to to Bill C sixty nine, Amrajit had a chance to champion Alberta in all of those uh, uh, instances when it comes before cabinet, and uh, and he he didn't, and, and he hasn't, and now we're in a situation where where Alberta has the highest unemployment in the country, and we're we, we're we're seeing protests across the province for for support of of the pipeline, but uh, you know we we it really feels like we don't have that uh, that voice in, in cabinet uh, fighting for us. So, you know, I uh, nothing personal against uh, Ambergeet. You know, anybody who puts their name forward for for public service, uh, uh, Justin Trudeau himself. You know, I admire for 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 doing that and wanting to fight for their country. But you know, at, at the end of the day, there's certainly been some uh, some uh, disagreements and uh, some significant ones that you know. Not just impact me as uh, as a member of parliament in, in South Edmonton, but certainly impact you know our future. I have two little girls, so we, you know their future is being impacted by this. So you know, at, at the end of the day, it's something that uh, will continue to be critical of uh, of Amrajit. I uh, will do my best to do it in a respectful way, uh, but uh, sometimes I, I, I have to tell you, it's it's hard to see when uh, uh, kind of forgetting about where where people came from when they when they go to uh, go to Ottawa.
0: Yeah, I can imagine in the election to come, the uh, the goal of of yourself and and probably the rest of the Conservatives here is to uh, to capture the the three non conservative seats in the city. And, and I would be, I would suspect Amarjit is probably target number one there, uh, just because he is in cabinet. Um, uh, you would agree that that is that's a goal potentially a, a sweep of Edmonton for the Conservatives in the coming election?
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I think. Uh, um in, in, in being a, a little frank um there's you, certainly polling that we've seen shows uh shows Amarjeet in, in uh, a distant um uh, uh, second place uh to us uh you know the the um, the Edmonton center seat uh, held right now by uh, Randy Bassino uh is uh, is a little bit of a tougher um, go for us um and certainly Strathcona uh as well uh we're, we're seeing a complete collapse of the federal NDP uh in a lot of ways and that that'll have an impact uh, on these seats as well so you know yeah would would love to would love to not only sweep the seats in Alberta sweep the seats across the country get all 338 <laughs> seats uh, uh it's easy pr- to predict now 10 months out but uh yeah you you know, it's certainly something that uh, we'll be fighting uh, for hard uh, you know Alberta has always been uh, been blue and you know with the exception of Strathcona and this last time around we really want to make sure that we turn those seats uh, and the seats in Calgary as well uh, into uh, blue seats again and, and show the so the conservative um, the conservatives are fighting for Alberta
0: in one of your previous answers, you mentioned uh, some of the the files that Amrajit, so he has been involved in. Uh, obviously the pipelines being sort of the number one thing, and that that seems to be the issue that uh, Albertans are most upset about is that we we just aren't getting a lot of progress on on pipelines, the trans Mountain in particular. A lot of the question that comes up though, in regards to your party is, would it have been different under a conservative government if if Stephen Harper had stayed in power, if Andrew Scheer was the prime minister right now? Would that have changed things? Would that have uh, changed the outcome of the court case? Would that have... for example, change the politics in Quebec, which seems to be anti-pipeline right now. Uh, how would things be different under a conservative government when it comes to pipelines?
1: Yeah, I, I, I know I'm, I'm doing this now for about seven years, and hypotheticals are always uh, difficult tough, to, uh, to sure. get uh, into. Yeah. But you know, I'll humor you here for for a second. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think there, there's certain things, certain decisions that have been been made. You know, I was down in Calgary recently, and there was a, a an oil and gas company uh, executive, small uh, company, saying, you know, we're we're moving our our company out of Alberta. It's just, it's not uh, viable for us here. And I said, oh, great. Well, are you, you know, yeah, no, sorry, not great, but are you, where are you moving them to? And he said, well, you know, maybe Saskatchewan or, or you know, Manitoba, uh, Ontario. He said, no, you know, we're moving it down to Texas because at the end of the day, the a number of initiatives that have been put in place by this particular government and, you know, I mentioned them again, C-69, Carbon Tax, Tanker Moratorium have all led to the decision that it's just not viable to do business here. And you know." Th- this particular executive had a a wife who was a nurse. They have two kids in in school, ingrained in in sports and 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 their community. And you know this this is a that's a, not a a typical un, untypical situation in 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 Alberta. We're seeing more and more people choose to go to the United States and and moving their families, moving their their resources or homes or their, their community structure down to to the states. So you know I I think at the um, at the end of the day, uh, uh, what would a conservative government meant differently? You you see certain things like the um, the Northern Gateway was was outright uh, rejected by by this government. That was in a large way further ahead than the the. Uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline was. We had a number of uh, Indigenous communities championing that, uh, ready to get uh, oil to, uh, to to market. You know, who knows? You may have been having oil to market uh, today if that was uh, the case. Energy East at the same time uh, was also uh, in the approval process looking highly possible. Uh, you know, it needs some political support through Quebec, uh, uh, as you mentioned, uh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, it's certainly something that uh, Andrew Scheer has come up with a, a five-point plan to fight, uh, fight uh, against all of these um, these things and, and re- revoke uh, the, the tanker moratorium, uh, not go through with C-69, get rid of the carbon tax, all these things that help again hopefully drive investment uh, back into the oil and gas sector and back into uh, Canada.
0: Yeah, I think one of the issues with Northern Gateway, which again, I don't know if it would have been different under a conservative government, is uh, there was some consultation issues there as, as well. Um, won't get into that with you at this point, but I, I do want to talk about some of the anger this has sparked in Alberta. You did mention there are people protesting, uh, convoys, uh, and there's talk of separation. That seems to be up more than we've seen in the past. Uh, what do you say to those people that are advocating for an Alberta separatist movement right now?
1: Yeah, you know, I can completely understand the anger. We we hear it. You know, I sit in in Parliament. About from me to you, Keith, from uh, from Justin Trudeau, and you know, it, it makes me angry too. Um, but you know, there, there's so many benefits to being part of of Canada and being part of a uh, united Canada. So, would continue to to implore to encourage Canadians to continue to, to to push along with us to to make sure that that we make the changes that need to be made at the uh, the federal level uh, after the next election. Which means, you know, of course, voting conservative and, and sending a, a message that way. But making sure that that we're we're staying united because you know a um a, a separate canada i remember the the, the Quebec uh, referendum uh, when I was a teenager and, you know, th- th- hoping that we, we stay together as a country. Um, but, you know, there's certainly things that need to be fixed. Uh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it, it doesn't make, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to, to live as a, as a separate country um, here in Alberta and, you know, not, not one that I necessarily want to raise my two girls in either. It's certainly, certainly something that uh, want to, want to see actions through, through voting and not necessarily through uh the separation.
0: Uh, one of the things that may need to be fixed is the equalization formula, certainly a lot of Albertans advocating for that right now, I think Jason Kenney among them. Um, important to note that uh, that equalization formula I, I believe was conceived under the Harper government, uh, but continued by the Trudeau government I think without much consultation or debate uh, a couple of years ago. What is your thoughts and what, what, what is Andrew Shears' thoughts frankly on on perhaps reforming the equalization formula?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you my, my my personal opinion on um, on this uh, uh, as well. Uh, so you're, you're right. Uh, the original concept under um, previous government, uh, with the with a lot of hope that it would be restructured in the the, the years to come. This was something, as you correctly indicate, passed. Uh, it was around Christmas time two years ago, where it uh, was slipped in, into um, omnibus uh, legislation, and and is what it is today. Um, with, uh, with with equalization, it's. Uh, it's it's a a, a difficult um Argument to to just black and white say you know what we're going to stop paying equalization. There's so much more that goes into it. It's not just the government of Alberta isn't cutting a check and sending it to right. Quebec, uh, which which I think is sometimes uh, some confusion. So that's how it's portrayed it. sometimes. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain things that uh, that can be changed. Uh, right now they they're using uh, two year old data when it comes to the financial commitments of of the the, the province, and that by using that I think it's it's. It's essentially out of date already. You know, two years ago in in Alberta, back in in 2016, 2014 was some of the highest oil prices that uh, that we we saw, and now you know we're we're where we are today. So in in terms of restructuring some of that, I you know I think will make a a difference in some of some of those formulas, but also I think you know it's it's something that we as Albertans uh, certainly need to. To to consider, you know, it's it's I I I don't like to see uh see us living uh um, in uh, highest unemployment rates and and uh, deficits when we see our counterparts in, in Quebec uh, uh doing the opposite and quite frankly spending uh, money on on things that uh, seem frivolous to, to us here in Alberta. So something needs to change, and uh, there will certainly be a fight that uh, we we want to take up after the next election.
0: Well, and one of the other things, of course. Um that you've mentioned and, and is certainly a gripe for a lot of Albertans is the carbon tax. Obviously, Alberta has its own carbon tax. Uh, Justin Trudeau has introduced a carbon tax for all the provinces that don't have their own. Um, there seems to be, uh, at least among political leaders, a I think it's called the resistance. That's how McLean's phrased it anyway, a group of political leaders that uh, I remember are- remember the photo. That's yes, the photo, the photo is well-constructed, actually. Um, so, uh, including Andrew Scheer, uh, who, who is certainly against the carbon tax. Uh, maybe take us a, a little bit through uh, what is and what your party's objections to the carbon tax are but also tell us what the alternative is if you, if you are going to take climate change seriously um as as i think a lot of albertans a lot of canadians do and you don't like the carbon tax what what's the plan what's the plan to address climate
1: change right uh, so it went, with regards to our environmental policy we we get a uh, question uh, in the House of Commons anytime we criticize a carbon tax to we say well what's your plan uh you know it's it's a fair question um but let's it's also put in perspective uh Justin Trudeau didn't come up with his environmental policy until two months before the last election so in terms of of this being unique that parties don't have their their plans out there it's you know it's it's not unique it's of course the liberals would love to hear our plan because then the liberals would criticize our plan and you know whatnot, which you know it, it's fair. Uh, I'd I'd say stay tuned. There's certainly some some conversations happening when it comes to what our plan would be. Uh, I, I'd say you know let, let's go back a, a little bit. You know Andrew Shear wins the leadership in um, a year and a half, um, two years ago almost, and immediately the, the Liberals start asking, well, well what's your plan for, for the environmental policy? The election's not until October of 2019. So there, there is a bit of a, a runway. I think you'll start seeing in the spring, uh, we, we wanted to have our convention uh, there over the summer, take those ideas back as shadow cabinet, back as the as leader, and debate those ideas and see which, which ones look best as part of the platform. And then I think you'll start to see in the spring, a lot of uh, policy announcements begin to be addressed. Um, you know, we're, It looks like we're probably going in October, but uh, you know, Justin Trudeau can always call an early election, uh, as we've seen in the past uh, here in, in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I I, I think you'll, you'll start to see more and more of these. Um, with, when it comes to the criticism of the carbon tax, uh, quite quite frankly, it's it's a it's a, a cash grab tax that uh, it's you know I'm calling it a tax, not a price on pollution or anything like that it, it is a tax. And you know, there's there right now there's in in Edmonton we we live in a, a very uh, has to be a, a drivable city. Particular in days like today, where it's what minus ten outside mm-hmm. and snow on the ground, it's you know to to say well we'll just walk to work or or whatever it doesn't doesn't necessarily uh, fit with our our climate and 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 uh, uh, demography with here in the city. So you know at, at the end of the day to go and, and say well we'll just we'll just tax you more because you're not um, you're not walking to to work or you're not to, you're not taking this initiative or that initiative doesn't make a, a lot of sense in in, in my mind. Uh, you know, if, if if this were somewhere else, you know, sure we could have that debate. But uh, right now, it's it, it's it's something that we don't support, and something uh, Andrew shear has gone as far as saying it would be the first um, piece of legislation he tables to get rid of the carbon tax uh, across the country.
0: And Jason Kenney here in Alberta as well. Um, last thing I'll ask you: um, midway through last year, you had a little um, a defection in the party. Um, I'm talking, of course, of Maxime Bernier. Uh, Ooh, de- I, no, sorry. <laughs> haven't heard the of it. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Yeah. Um, I guess just what are your thoughts about uh, Maxime and uh, what he's, I guess, trying to do right now on the federal scene, what his his party stands for and the, the, the values it's trying to promote?
1: Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, Maxime and I were were friends before uh before leadership and and continue to be friends now. I don't seem as much now as uh, the before. Uh you know Max uh I I honestly think Max uh likely made the decision he did at uh, the the night of of the leadership. Um you know I I think he he thought he was he was positioned to to win the leadership and you know a lot of polls had him saying he was going to win the leadership. But fairly, Andrew Scheer won the leadership, and Andrew Scheer is the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. I don't think Max ever quite uh, accepted that. Uh, I think Max was was waiting around to kind of see what happened with Andrew's leadership. And now, now that you see a lot of polls across the country, particularly in Quebec and the GTA, where we're up significantly than, than where we were uh, under Stephen Harper, I think you're you're seeing you know Max seem think that uh, well, you know, I guess the chance of, of of taking over the Conservative Party is looking less and less. So you know he made the decision he did uh, i'm uh, as uh, as you uh, recall keith i'm not um, new to all uh, party defections or floor crossings or anything so it's not my first rodeo when it comes to that but uh, certainly it's uh, it's uh, it's disappointing every time um, you kind of see it um, happen because i i honestly believe you get elected to uh, to represent your constituents, and and a lot of people, you know, maybe maybe Max thinks differently, but I, you know, I think a lot of people don't necessarily come to the polls and say, "Oh, I can't wait to vote for that Matt General guy." I think a lot of people show up to the polls to vote party or, or leader as well, and and you know, I, I think going out on your own as uh, as uh, uh, independent or a, a new party like you did doesn't necessarily a uh, a, uh, a thoughtful thing to do. So I guess, you know, we'll see. I, I don't see them getting much traction, well, really, quite frankly, anywhere. Um, I mean, maybe the bow seat goes to Maxime Bernier, but again, I don't. I, I haven't seen much uh, up to this point to, to see it as as too much of a threat to the Conservative Party.
0: That was uh, the Conservative MP for Edmonton Riverbend, uh, Matt Jennery. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you, Keith. All right. We'll see you again next week, everybody, with another exciting guest. Take care.